Montebello Church Sermons. What an honor, what a privilege, what a day this is. We come to the Word of God. He has much instruction, and we want to honor our mothers this morning, mothers that have blessed us. And I want to start by talking about a mother called Hannah. I think that Hannah often has been sold short. I think she was absolutely one of, the, one of the most wonderful women in the world. You say, where do you get that from? Follow along with me. The days were spiritually black, as black as they could be. For not only were the people not following the Lord, but they were completely living in sin, selfishness, self-centeredness, but there was one, that was Hannah. But Hannah didn't have a child. He was grieved her greatly. She was in a bigamous relationship and uh, her counterpart loved to torment her. Literally, scripture says, she came in such a way to torment Hannah. But as Hannah prayed, for she was a woman of God, she prayed an unusual pray, prayer. She said, God, if you will give me a son, I will give that son back to you. Now that was not just symbolic, that was not just a religious thing to say. She made a commitment. For when she was blessed with God and was given a son, a son was called Samuel. And when she weaned the child, she took the child to the temple and he was given to the temple to serve the Lord from that day forward. The amazing thing about Hannah, I say she's unusual because we see the marks of her life on Samuel. Samuel was a priest, a part of the judges. He was one of the last judges and he lived such an incredible godly life, you say, where did he get this from? Well, certainly he had a godly father, but he had a godly mother that was very committed to the Lord. So Hannah was praying. She was praying silently. That was not usually done for everyone prayed aloud in those days. But Hannah is praying, and she asked the Lord for a son. If you give me a son, I will give him back to you. She was not bargaining with God. She cared about God's reputation. She cared about the glory of God. The glory of God was not being honored. And she prayed, give me a son so that that son might grow to be a man of God. And that's what God gave in Samuel. The days were dark for even at this time, even in the temple, Hophnius and Phineas, the, the sons of Eli, were living wicked lives. They literally were organized into a religious mafia. And when it came to the sacrifices, they not only wanted to take the sacrifices, but they said to the people making the sacrifice, I don't want boiled meat. I don't want you to put it in. I want fresh. I want a brand new piece of steak. I want lots of it. And if you don't give it to me, I'm going to take it from you. So here they're being ripped off. 
even as they're making sacrifices. Not only was it bad that way, but at the same time, the Philistines continued to come against Israel and actually would beat the socks off them. They were really, really in bad way. And finally they went and says, why are we losing these battles? Why doesn't God give us victory? Well, they weren't living for God. They weren't serving God. They weren't trusting God. They were trusting their own wisdom. So they said, oh, we know how to fix this. Let's take the Ark of the Covenant into battle and God will give victory. So they took the Ark from Shiloh and they brought it into battle. The Philistines heard the cry, the great roar of the people because they got very enthused. The Ark of the Covenant was with us. With us. And so they says, we must quit us like men. We've never had anything like this. We have to really fight like we've never fought before. Well, because Israel was not being blessed of God, the Philistines defeated them roundly. And the two sons, Hophnes and Phinehas, they were there when that ark was taken. They thought, good, this is, this is good. This is a magic trick. This is a lucky charm. Our lucky charm will give us victory. And instead, they were defeated. And in that battle, Hophnes and Phinehas were put to death in the same battle. The ark was taken and was captured by the Philistines and were taken into Philistine territory. They had, by the way, had a terrible time what to do with that. For seven months, they moved around amongst their people and they had people dying. They had all kinds of sickness and disease that was coming upon them. They thought, this, this ark is going to kill us all. So they finally sent it back to Israel. But in that battle, Hophnes and Phinehas were defeated, were destroyed, they were put to death. The ark was taken. That was a tragedy. They say it was a great tragedy for Shiloh, for Shiloh had had the ark in their territory at Shiloh for 300 years. And now it's taken by the Philistines. It never went back to Shiloh. Eventually it went into Jerusalem. So that day of blessing was even for they had been blessed because they had the ark there. But you see, when the news came, the Benjamite came from battle and he said, something terrible has happened. Not only was Hophnes and Phinehas killed in the battle, but the ark was recaptured. Now Eli, who was the priest, the father of these boys, had kind of like slapped him on the wrist, but would not correct him. For they just kept on living and not only living, eating all the best meat, but there was immorality taking place and they were leading it, it literally like a, a whorehouse. It was terrible. And they continued on and they did not correct. And Eli told them, this is not good, but he did not correct them very firmly. And so Eli was sitting at the side of the gate waiting for news as how the battle had gone. And the battle had gone poorly, and so the report came back that Hophnes and Phinehas were put to death and the ark was taken in battle. And when he heard the ark was taken in battle, Eli fell over backwards, for he was 98 years old. He was very heavy. He was overweight terribly. 
And when he fell over, he broke his neck. And Eli died. And that was the end of his 40 years of ruling as a priest. Now, what does this have to do for all this terrible stuff? People say to us, things could not get any worse. Well, this time was a terrible time. But Hannah said, no matter how bad it is, it's still a day of victory for my God. And that's what she did. She turned the whole thing around. This is a mother that had a heart for God. This is a mother that longed for revival, longed for the Spirit of God to work. And she had this son and gave him to the Lord. And Samuel became a model of a godly man of God, a man of prayer. So Hannah had been praying. She was praying silently. And Eli saw her mouth moving. And she said he thought she was drunk because her, she was not speaking with voices. And he says, you need to stop drinking. Put away, away your wine. And she was horrified. She says, I am not an evil woman. I'm a, a woman of God. My grief is so great because I don't have a child. And God said, rather Eli said, God grant to you your, your prayer request. This woman of God committed herself to the Lord in a way that is unbelievable. You see, how do we know so much about, about Samuel and how he turned out? Because we have all the stories that took place and we see that he was consistent. He was, it said, in scripture it says, he never let a word of God fall to the ground. That meant that every time he spoke the mind of God, he spoke the truth because he was so committed. It says that he didn't let any word fall to the ground because he was committed to obey the Lord. So that's the first chapter where we have Hannah was not only a wonderful wife because when the sacrifices were given, he gave sacrifices to all of the kids and to his first wife, his other wife, but to Hannah, he gave double portion, scripture says, because he loved her so deeply, because she was a wonderful woman of God and it's dynamic life. So we want to see that she was a woman of prayer. She was a faithful wife and she was an incredible model. And we see that he would go and he would be in the temple and she would come every year and give special clothes to him where she would sew them special clothes so that he could continue the work of the ministry there in the temple. Now, it says, and I want to read this, it says, the boy Samuel was before the Lord under Eli in those days. He says, in those days, this is chapter 3, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. In other words, nobody was listening to the Lord, so the Lord wasn't speaking. But here was Samuel. And Samuel was just learning about these things, and he heard God, Samuel, Samuel. He thought it was Eli. He ran in. Eli, he says, what do you need, sir? What can I do for you? He, he, Eli said, I didn't call you. Came back a second time. And a third time he came back, Eli finally realized that it was God calling to Samuel. He said, when God calls, when this voice calls, say, 
Here am I, Lord. I'm listening. I want to hear what you say. Speak, for your servant wants to hear. And so it is that the Lord blessed Samuel. He spoke to Samuel, and he gave a revelation that Eli was going to die, and the three son, two sons of Hophnes and Phinehas were going to die, and the ark was going to be taken, and their ears would tingle. This is the word that came from Samuel. Samuel was an incredible man of God. I, I jump a little bit ahead to, to one of the sad stories in the 16th chapter of Samuel. There we have King Saul. Because you see, King Saul was the, the leader that followed Samuel. And he was the king. And King Saul was called to take the Amalekites and wipe them out. They, had, they won the battle and they took the spoils. And then he came before Samuel and he says, I've obeyed the Lord perfectly. Finally, Samuel says, stop. Because God has said to Samuel, I am displeased that I made Saul king, for he has not obeyed me. So he said, Saul, stop. Quit excusing yourself, because he would say, yeah, we won the battle, but I've done the will of God perfectly because we defeated the Amalekites. But he had kept sheep, and he had kept Agag, and God said that was disobedience so serious, so serious that the kingship was taken away from Saul. It's an amazing thing. Samuel was obedient. Saul was disobedient. God blessed Samuel so that his words did not fall to the ground. He said all of his prophecies were flawless. They all came true because God always spoke the truth and he always obeyed the Lord. So Saul and Samuel, Samuel is coming back. He's talked to the Lord and they said, what, what are you saying about Saul? I have taken the kingship from him. Now Saul was so worried about his image that he reached up and he grabbed Samuel's cloak and it tore the garment. And Samuel says, as you have torn the garment, so the kingdom will be ripped out of your hand because you have not obeyed. You say, where did Samuel learn to obey? He didn't learn it from Eli. I believe he learned it from Hannah. Hannah, that heart that followed after God. Hannah, that wanted to live for the Lord all the days of the life. And so she raised a son that was committed to the Lord. And as, as Samuel is confronting Saul, and he, Saul says, we've done everything you've asked us to, then he says, what's the bleeding of sheep? And what is the lowering of cows? He says, here are all these. He says, oh, we only saved the best for sacrifice. Basically, Samuel says, come on, Saul. Give me a break. I know better than that. You kept it because you wanted the best. You were not trying to obey the Lord. You were disobeying the Lord. And so the kingdom was taken from him. And he says, men look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. 
Saul, God's looking at your heart and you are not obedient. You are not submissive. He was so worried about his image, he said, I'm willing to go before the people. Samuel, I want you to come along and to bless me because they will see me worshiping God even though the kingdom has been taken from me. Because I want to look good. So come along, Samuel. Samuel went along and he prayed. He said, the kingdom is taken from you. Now it's interesting how Saul ended up. He ended up, he could not find any direction in his battles, his people were being defeated. Finally, he went to the witch of Endor. And the witch, Saul had put all these people out of business, but here was this one still working. And she said, okay, I will bring up, I will speak. Who do you want to talk to? And King Saul says, I want to talk to Samuel. So she calls by divination up the spirit of Samuel. You say, was it actually Samuel? No, it was a deceiving spirit that appeared like Samuel. But he answered like Samuel would have answered. And he said, you're not getting any words from the Lord because it's been taken from you. God's blessing's been taken from you. But Samuel stood firm and he put away Agag. And you say, where did Samuel learn that kind of commitment? He learned it from his mother even though she only had him for a short time. It, was not, it wasn't Eli that taught him. It wasn't Hophnius and Phineas that taught him godliness. But it was a wife, a mother, that was so committed to the Lord that the re commitment that she had was reflected in his life. You follow Samuel from the beginning to the end. He followed the Lord with a whole heart because he had a mother that gave that commitment. The heart was... I don't want to just be religious. I want God's name to be glorified. One of the judges before Samuel was one called the great Samson. Samson had great strength. Nothing could hold him down. And you remember how he was betrayed by Delilah. And he gave out the secret that his secret was because his long locks, he was a Nazarite. And he didn't have his hair cut at all. Finally, she had his hair shaven off and he lost his strength and then a verse that always has stuck with me from judges it says this he wist not that the spirit of god departed from him. that's king james <laughs> i memorized it in king james he wist not that the spirit had departed samson lost his strength and didn't even know it so what we've been talking about today is that Hannah was a woman that understood the presence of God. She wanted the presence of God in her son's life, in her life. She wanted the presence of God in the nation. Even though they saw the ark as a magic trick, but rather instead they really showed the lack of commitment to the Lord. Look at, look at Hannah. Hannah was a woman of prayer. Hannah was a woman of commitment. She was a woman that was so committed to the Lord that Samuel was committed to the Lord with a whole heart, not half-hearted, but wholehearted. I want to say to you today, God bless us. 
as a church, I would say we have many, many Hannahs in our midst. You want to go through them and start listening. Those women that have been so committed to the Lord, mothers in Israel, women that have followed the Lord with a whole heart, they haven't been half-hearted. They have given themselves totally to the Lord. And here this day, we are put in that position, you go and say, are we going to raise half-hearted Christians or are we going to raise Christians that are committed to the Lord, that are obedient to the Lord, that will follow the Lord, that will pay the sacrifice, no matter what others say, no matter what the times are like, we are going to live for the Lord. And we're going to raise our children for the Lord. Not for looking good. We don't want to impress. We want to do what is pleasing to God. This day, we made that commitment even as we dedicated these children. And this day we declare we are the Lord's. It is his presence that we want. It's his blessing that we want upon our children and upon our church and our future. No matter what happens in the world, we know we can live for the Lord and give him glory. We know the presence of God will dwell with his people that worship and serve him with a whole heart. And may it be true of us. Let's pray. Lord, it's been quite a revelation to study in depth Hannah, to realize how true and deep her commitment was to you. The influence that she had, the life that she left. For Lord, we look at the life of Samuel and we're so thankful for godly leadership that walked in obedience. He never disobeyed you. He walked with you with a whole heart. He loved you. He served you even as he saw his mother. Thank you for godly mothers that care so deeply. There are many. They're unheralded. We don't give them enough credit. Lord, they are a great gift and we realize they're a gift from you. And many of them are an example of what it is to live for you with a whole heart. Lord, may we raise a generation that is on fire for you, that knows the revival of God, that knows the presence of God, not just in symbolic ways, but in true and faithful ways. Thank you for godly women, godly mothers that have made so sacrifices for us. We pray that you will bless them and encourage them this day and we'll give you the praise and the glory. Amen. Montebello Church Sermons.